welcome back to my podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. We are halfway through the week and meeting again on this beautiful Wednesday to talk about something that scares the bejesus out of me. Today's dating world. My husband and I often talk about how lucky we are that we're married and that no matter what, let's just stick together because things are just not what they used to be and we are so out of touch with what the single people are going through today. It's a brave new world out there and I have to be honest, I actually know close to nothing about it. And that may not sound very reassuring to you, right? I mean, after all, how can I sit here talking about something that I don't even know? And I honestly have never even seen a dating app. Bumble, hinged, no idea what those look like. I know that you're supposed to swipe one direction or another, and I don't know which is which, and I don't exactly know what swiping does. So yeah, I don't understand the app thing. But I do understand human nature, and I do understand human needs, and I do understand the power of being fulfilled and being whole with just you so that you're okay no matter what happens between, between you and someone else. And I also know how to know when you love someone and what the vibration of love feels like. It can't possibly be easy for those of you who are on the prowl today. I mean, honestly, if I were not married today, I would just be trying to get with people that I knew from the past before meeting a stranger online or on my phone. It's And it's not because I used to suffer from stranger anxiety, but it's because I really feel like there is a disingenuous element about screens and apps and this kind of meeting. And I'm very old fashioned in many ways, Like, for example, I like real books and, and you know, I, I like to be able to touch and flip the pages. And I like agendas and planners and physical calendars that I can write in and fill with stickers and stuff. And I like to meet people in person to see how my heart feels before deciding whether I would like to take it to another level. And this is not to you know, talk down on people that have had a successful meeting online. There's plenty of amazing stories out there and power to you, but you're a rarity. And that's why I say that if I weren't married, the chances are that I would be trying to get together with someone who I already knew, you know, already had chemistry with before today in the past, even though um, I know that we all change over time and maybe they're not who I knew them to be. And I know that there are many conveniences to technology and that I am not anti-technology. I really am not. You know, I want people to understand that. I think it's an inevitable element of today's world and people can dislike it all they want and it won't change anything. Technology is here to stay and it's only going to get more advanced and we have to adapt. And as humans, we're adaptable and that's what we do. And I also think that given how hypersensitive our society has become and how unsafe everybody feels, there's something reassuring about the fact that people in these apps are looking for a romantic partner and they're making that clear. 
as opposed to your coworker who you may think likes you, but you aren't sure and you can't really make a move to find out because these days that constitutes sexual harassment in the workplace or whatever. So again, I'm not downplaying sexual harassment. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be sensitive. I just get scared that we are slowly turning into emotionless robots as a result of some of the inhuman expectations that society is imposing on us. And I don't like catcalling, but hearing that I'm beautiful does not make me uncomfortable, and I don't think that anybody should file a harassment suit for that. So again, anyway, this is a different discussion, and I digress. So men just don't approach women in real life or IRL, as we like to say these days, the way that they used to. And I think that that's because they're scared. And women also have similar fears. And I don't want to look desperate if I'm a woman, right? Like, I don't want to feel like people are going to not take me seriously or not like me as much because I'm chasing. So we all have been conditioned into roles and it creates impediments. And what ends up happening is that we resort to the comfort of hiding behind the screen, not having to say the pickup lines or the introduction conversations out loud and hear our own voices. And we just just swiping and typing and putting the best picture that we have of us out there for the world to see. We just feel better that way, right? Then uh, then we cowered <laughs> in fear that we're going to uh, finally meet that person in person. And what if they don't like us? So what if they feel like we're a fraud because we don't look exactly like the picture or we don't sound exactly like they envisioned in their mind when they were reading our texts? It kind of goes back to the imposter syndrome that I discussed last week. And if we're being honest, someone who gets mad that someone else doesn't look as good as or as young or, or the same as their profile picture is a shallow person themselves that probably isn't worth your time. I mean, there's nothing wrong with knowing what you want. And of course, if you expect Arnold Schwarzenegger and then Denny DeVito shows up, there's certainly something disingenuous about that too. But I think we should all take notice that Tully and Charlotte were both played by Charlize Theron. So potential is real. And even a superficial person should be able to see, you know, that that's true. And, you know, the potential is real and give personality and chemistry a try instead of just focusing on things that change over time anyway. But what truly is bad about today's dating world isn't even the fact that people are so superficial and are looking for all the wrong things in other people. It's also the convenience of meeting different people and the detachment and uncertainty that it creates. Commitment is practically a unicorn these days. Very few people see it or even believe in it anymore. And trust me, I understand that humans aren't necessarily monogamous beings. We're not birds. I get it. But as a spiritual person, I feel that we only have true sexual chemistry with the few people in our soul family. And that's why sometimes we hook up with a person that we may have found attractive and it's like dead on arrival. You go with the motions and you feel nothing. It feels like a waste. doesn't even matter if it's Tom Brady or Barafelli. If you don't have that connection, the whole thing sucks. And in that sense, I am not against dating multiple people at, at the same time to try to figure out who is in your soul family. But what I see happening these days is this illusion that the way you recognize your soulmate or the person who is right for you is that everything is perfect. Not only the person has to be physically perfect, but also balanced and emotionally perfect. And that is not true. 
Not only is it true that no one is perfect, but also that relationships are not perfect. No relationship is perfect. It's not all unicorns and butterflies. It takes work to become a power couple. I hear it all the time from so many people how perfect Scott and I are together. And you know what? That is not easy. And it, we worked really hard. We went through times where I wished he was dead and he probably wanted me to disappear too. And we had fights over the stupidest but also the not so stupid things. And we disappointed each other and we hurt each other and we yelled and punched and threw things and at least I did. And we weren't always emotionally available for each other. We didn't always say the things like the right things and in his case there were numerous times when he actually didn't say anything at all. I think that actually lasted years where he just wouldn't reply. Whenever I was having an issue or commenting about something or venting, he would say nothing. And I would get no response when I needed it most. And it felt like he didn't care. But he just didn't want to say the wrong thing and he didn't know what the right thing to say was, so he said nothing. And I had to look into my heart And I had to think about the moments that were perfect between us, the moments that were too big and too complex for words. The day that I met him, what I felt inside, our first kiss, how perfect that was, how funny he is, and how I am one of the very few privileged people who get to see that side of him because he is otherwise very reserved and shy. And how kind he is, how patient he is, especially with me, how caring and loving and supportive, and how making me happy makes him the happiest person on earth. And how attentively he listens. And even though it took years, he now actually listens and changes the things that he knows hurt me or upset me. And of course, I do the same. But for, for that, you need to work on it. You need to go through the trials and the tribulations. You need to experience the, life's ups and downs together with the together, you know, as with the other person. And you have to be brave enough to fight the battles and see what happens after. I think that when I took, when I look back, when when you know, I take my my mind back to those times, how I knew that he was the right person for me, and how I can always tell when someone is in my soul family, because I know I'm not the only person in Scott's soul family, and I know that he's not the only person in mine. But we just happen to have found each other, and we prefer each other, and we're happy being together, so we stay together. But how I knew that he was part of my soul family was just a feeling and it's a feeling that can't be explained but it's mostly a feeling of deep hurt and pain at the mere thought of being apart of not having him i had um i had this feeling that i just couldn't be apart and i had never had that before i met him from the moment i met him my entire soul wanted to plug in and stay connected and to unplug was to turn off the bright light that had shined inside of me ever since i met him so being separated hurt a lot and it still does and of course i don't mean traveling with friends or going to work every day i mean of course we miss each other then too but for example when i call what i call the gas station moment when See, we, we had been together for just a few months and it was the last day of school and the start of summer vacation and it was time for us to go home and home for him was New York and for me was Bethesda, Maryland and summer vacations were three months long and that felt like an eternity 
and we were driving behind each other on Route 1 in College Park because for those of you who don't know, like we met at the University of Maryland in our dorm. And somehow we both pulled into this gas station that we saw, the first one we saw, without even saying anything to each other because we weren't even talking on the phone or anything. And we were both sobbing, like as if somebody had died. And we didn't say a word. We just hugged and kissed and cried. And we both felt the exact same feeling of desperation and longing And we weren't even five minutes away from campus yet. And to this day, that moment feels so real. That energy vibrating through my body, still, I still feel it today. And I was terrified at the actual first time realization that I love him. And love is so scary. And I think it's the codependence that it brings. The pain and fear of loss and disappointment. Because love is so scary. People actually seem to avoid it and think that that's, you know, I think that that's why today's world is the way it is, at least in part, because we are more and more individualistic and we don't want the pain and suffering that love may bring. But I can tell you from experience that love is worth it, pain and all. And it's the highest vibration. It brings you to nirvana and it's the path to heaven. And in fact, it's how we experience heaven on earth. Of course, loss of love is hell, but it's better to have loved once and lost than to never have loved at all. It really is. And love means that you won't get caught up on the superficial things in life. And you will quickly realize that what you thought was important actually falls in that category of superficial. Being with that person becomes so important to you that you don't think about who is coming to see who and how much it costs and... You don't keep tabs. Being together becomes so much more important than, than in whose apartment it is or with whose furniture. And you don't care about stupid grooming details or whether that person could use a diet or a workout regimen. I mean, except maybe because you want them to stick around forever, like for a healthy thing, like you want their health to be good. But love transcends your body and your finances. It transcends everything in your life. That's not to say that You won't at times trigger each other and push each other's buttons and fight over silly things because you will. And resentment can happen. And it happened to me when I moved to New York to be with Scott and then felt like he loved work more than he loved me. But when it comes down to it, all of our fights boil down to two things. Wanting to spend more time together and what would bring us both better quality of life. And now regarding you swipers of the world, if you truly are looking for love, may I suggest that you stop swiping and start sweeping people off their feet in real life instead. Go join a volunteer group to meet like-minded people face-to-face. Join a meetup. That's an, like, that's like an online site that you, lets you search by interest. Like it's like you search for groups in your area and you can meet in person. Things like hiking, cycling, volleyball, book clubs, law of attraction meetings, small business owners, singles from X to Y age, etc. So go out And go to your local bars more if you have to. I know bars used to be a taboo place for meeting people, but there is something you can only feel if you are looking at someone in the eye and hearing their voice and watching how their body reacts to yours and yours reacts to theirs and how each other's energy vibrates together. You will know when you have found love because you won't like the thought of not being with that person and nothing will make you happier than their company. You will see that what the things you once found important like she must always have her nails done or he has to be tall will go out the window not that it's not what's going to attract you to that person at first but it will never cross your mind again 
And when it comes to differences, Scott and I are so different. He is shy and I'm outgoing. He's Jewish and I was raised Catholic. He is numerous generations American and I'm Brazilian. I'm a globetrotter and a citizen of the world. And he, has, he had never been outside the time zone when we first met. And I only ate seafood and he didn't eat fish when we first met either. And in the end, none of that mattered. And so much of it changed. Our differences enriched each other's spirits. We are a hybrid couple and that is very good for our soul. And the right person for you exists. And that person will come into your life in divine timing. And these days, since we are living longer, divine timing may not be as early in your life as it once was, you know, in the past. But that's okay. You can't hurry, love. And that is all we have for today. Thank you for being here with me and listening to me and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at highvibeadvocate.com. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday.